Blog Talk Radio. So, man, you are all of those things, and I'm completely uh, 
humbled and honored to be on this show, man. When when uh, when my assistant said that I was going to be on, man, I, I I've been on for about fifteen minutes waiting on you. I, usually she had to remind me to get on something. This time I was re- I was early. So, wow, so I was waiting for man. I re- I'm, and I'm serious about that, man. She has to say, okay, you know, don't forget about your whatever. And I, oh yeah, I got that today. But this one, I was I, I woke up ready for this one this morning, bro. So thank you, thank you. Man, I, I can remember the first time that you popped on my personal radar. I was, um, we were shooting the Monique show, and it, you have a certain presence that stands out. And, you know, I, I, I will walk out to that audience every day, and, you know, there's always somebody that's like a dynamic human being. I think as humans, you know, we carry a certain vibe, a certain light, and you had one of those lights. And it was like a beacon in the room, and I, and, and I was drawn to you. And not knowing that you were a performer, you know, not knowing that you were a poet, not knowing that you were a spoken word artist, not knowing your pedigree. So we began to talk, and you was like, well, I got a little something for him. And you began to rock that crowd in such a way that I was completely floored. Tell me about your gift as a um, spoken word artist, because I know well, your gift is beyond that, but I want to talk about that specifically. Well, well, right, that's 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 powerful, man. But I I can't take any credit for it. It started back in 1991. I was a manager for UPS. Uh, I was working third shift. I was, you know, I, it was an incredible day. I never forget. I was working third shift. I came home on November. I just celebrated 20 years on November the 5th. That morning, I came home from work, went to sleep, woke up about five o'clock, Rodney. Because um, I had a meeting to go to at work that night, woke up about five, turned on the news, just trying to catch up and see what was happening that day. And on the news was the news, you know, murder, carjacking, inflation, all the typical things that would happen on the news. The sport, the weather came on, and they were talking about floods and tornadoes out in the Midwest. It was really bad that particular day, that particular week. And I'm a sports fanatic. I'm one of those brothers who's going to get ESPN all day long. The crazy thing about ESPN in the morning is from 8 to 9, 9 to 10, 10 to 11, 11 to 12, it's a repeat. But exactly. I used to then look at it, man, because I like stats. I like sports. You know, it, it motivates me. Well, that was the day that Magic Johnson declared he had AIDS. He was HIV positive. Mm. Bro, I had never in my life seen the news like that. The news was absolutely just, it was terrible that day. Because usually if the news is bad, the weather or the sports would lighten it up a little bit. But from start to finish, and that was that was the very first time in our community that we saw HIV cross over to the heterosexual community and among, you know, notables in our community. So I started doodling on a sheet of paper, Rodney. And the very first poem that God ever blessed me with was a piece that's called, Can You Hear Me? And it says, Lord, there's times when nothing is going right. Lord, there's times I can't find anything good to talk about. Lord, there's times when I cry. I wonder, do you hear me, Lord? There's times I've fallen, and I wonder, did you see me? Can you hear me, Lord? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Just give me a sign. And very softly, he spoke to my heart. He told me about Calvary, and this is what he said. He said, Hank, do you know they slapped me across my face because I heard your cry? They pierced me in my side because I heard your cry. They spit on me because I heard your cry, and I died on a Friday because I heard your cry. But I rose on a Sunday because I heard your cry. Now, my child, you have it all simply because I heard your cry. That was the first thing I ever wrote, Rodney, and I started writing every day after that. Man, awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, the word griot, African word for storyteller. You are absolutely a storyteller. As I as I did my research for this interview and I began to really listen to some of your pieces, they're all stories. They're mm-hmm. all stories. So 
what inspires you to tell said story at any given moment? Mm, you know, um, and, and you know, a lot of people don't don't don't, don't get that right. It's Creo, and, and and you're right. Uh, it is a storyteller, and the reason why. For me, man, life is a story, you know, but it's how we come through. Our lives are stories every single day, and and it's how we come through it. And what I try to do is document my life through poetry or your life or life in general. Uh, The other part of it, bro, is the simple fact that, you know, when you go back and look at any poet worth his or her weight and salt, they were active in the community. They they, they had a, a presence. About you know about getting involved in the civil rights. When you look at Maya Angelou, Nikki Giovanni, Sonia Sanchez, James Weldon Johnson, you know Nikki Giovanni, all of them, they were all they were all very active in the civil rights movement and the, and the movement of people. And so for me, you know, I I, I thought when I started looking at poetry because I, I you know I never wanted to be a poet. I you know I, I didn't think poetry was that cool. You know, I write poetry. I wanted to be a, an athlete or or an architect. You know. Um, but when 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 you get a gift from God, man, you have to do it. And I wanted to make sure that I was doing what He wanted me to do. So I wanted to take it to another level. So I began to tell that story in the form of poetry. Man, it's such amazing! This is Roddy Perry. You're listening to Roddy Perry Live. We're talking to my man Hank Stewart today. Hank, I want to talk to Silly Hank because okay. I've, I've seen you know I read the bio. You're a sensual orator. You know I've 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 seen you in action, you know, with great poems like it and and uh, Survivor, and we're gonna get into that. Okay. okay. What's silly Hank like? Shit, man, around around people <laughs> like 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 you know me, son. You know my team, man. Yeah. We we laugh so doggone hard, man, because you know we get an opportunity to hang out with Rodney Perry. You know, silly Hank is 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 that is that is that is that person, man, who I get an opportunity to listen to my son telling me, you know, when he think he's he, he you know he's the greatest thing to football. That's silly Hank because he missed he missed he missed seven cycles. You know what I'm saying? No, he did. No, he did. Yeah, he, he missed seven, but he think but he he think he should have been crowned the most valuable player. That's silly right. Hank right there. You know, uh, man. But you know, but but, but bro, I get an opportunity to hang out with brothers like you, man. And you know what? The real deal is, man. Understand. Understanding what's your lane. Like when I came to your house for the cookout, I think it was a Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. Man, that was the best cookout I had been to. One of the best I'd ever been to, and probably the best I'd been to in the last five years. Man, all the comedians and the folk that you had over there, man, that's the thing. Man, just sitting there laughing, man, damn near in tears. You know, uh, man, that's that's what I get an opportunity to do. And so, you know, I, I like hanging out with you, you know, because ain't no telling what's getting ready to happen. You know, you, you're going to set a brother up. You know, you're going to make me feel good. And then all of a sudden, it's going to come up. It's like, damn, he, did he just give me a compliment? Did he just cut me? <laughs> this thing, this is the thing. This is what I love about you. It ain't, it's 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 never, you one of those people that the your vibe is so consistent. Let me tell you something. This is all I look for out of a human being, especially a man, is consistency. Like, mm-hmm. if you're an asshole be an asshole all the time. 24/7. If you're a, a good dude, be a good dude all the time. That way, you know, I can make a mental note in my Rolodex of people, and when I need you, we can rock out, you know, in that mm-hmm. situation. And mm-hmm. Hank Stewart is one of the most consistent human beings that I've had the pleasure of meeting since I've been here in Atlanta. Now, one thing that's absolutely consistent when you talk about Hank Stewart is giving back, helping people, other than himself, 
Where does that come from? And talk to me about some of the great things you've been doing, man. Well, you know, um, that, that comes from my, I know my grandfather, man. My grandfather back in the Civil Rights Movement. I used to see him, man, get up and, and go and register, uh, take people to, to vote and all that stuff, man. You know, my, my family, my you know, my sister, man, my sister that just passed in January, breast cancer. Uh, my sister, man, she she was simply incredible, man. In D.C., she was um, she worked for the same job for like 36 years, but her community service was just incredible. She raised about $250,000 one year, just one year for the home, for the homeless. Uh, got an award from Hillary and Bill at the time, and um, and she, you know, her prison ministry, you know, her uh, with females and things like that. She was just she she gave all the time. So I was around people who was constantly giving with no hidden agenda, no ulterior motive, just because it was the right thing to do. And so, you know, it, it just, you know, that's why, you know, contagious, things like that is contagious. If you, right, if a drunk hang out with a drunk, neither one of them ever be sober. Mm. You're hanging out with somebody who ain't going nowhere, ain't going to be long before you're going to have your brakes on, too. And so I think that that's why, you know, you know, I heard one of the most powerful statements, if you can't change the crowd that you're in, then change the crowd that you're in. That's why that's so important with our young people. You know, you hang out with folk who are doing something, man, I bet you if you do a poll, millionaires, millionaires ain't hanging out with no broke-ass people. They just don't. They don't. They're hanging out with other millionaires or billionaires. You know what I'm saying? They ain't hanging out with them. Now, if their family is broke, they might talk to them, but they ain't hanging with them. <laughs> they ain't hanging you know with them. <laughs> they ain't hanging with them. You know what I'm saying? You know, so, you know, I, I, I've tried to surround myself with people who are doing things. Man, I was listening to Sing Your Song. The other day. I don't know why, man. God woke me up one morning about two weeks ago, and um, and I turned on, 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 on TV and looked at uh, HBO, and they were singing my song with, uh, with the Harry Belafonte. Mm. And man, when I got through looking at all the things he has done, man, it was like I haven't done jack. I haven't been doing anything. So I, I'm, I'm constantly trying to be around brothers like you, man. People who, who are giving, you know, just because it's the right thing to do. That's where the, that's where it comes from. And you know, Dr. King had one of the most powerful statements, bro. He says, "If you want to be important, wonderful. If you want to be great, wonderful. If you want to be recognized, wonderful. But recognize he or she who's greatest among you should be a servant." That's the new definition of greatness. And by giving that definition of greatness, it means everyone can be great because everyone can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verbs agree to serve. You don't have to know Plato or Aristotle or Einstein theory or relativity or the second theory of thermodynamics and physics to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love, and you too can be that servant. That Man, I live by that now. That's my that's my motto, bro, is serve. Wow. I, I I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Rodney Perry Live. We're on with Mr. Hank Stewart. Now, Hank, uh, the poem It mm-hmm. is an awesome piece, and that is the piece that made Hank Stewart my mom's favorite poet. Wow. And she always wow. asked me about you. So what I'm going to do, I'm going I'm to play It because I got okay. it right here. And okay. then we're going to come back and talk to you, and I'm going to bring my mom in. This is Rodney Perry okay. Live. Y'all, y'all listen up, man. This, this is one of the coldest pieces. Ladies, do you have it? When she walked into the room, there was something very special about her, something really unique. Not the kind of special you see as strange or weird or that she's some sort of freak. You see, she had what we would call it. And her it is extraordinary. Her it's got me tripping. I must admit. What is it? Well, I'm glad you asked. But let me suggest something, fellas. If you ever see it, 
and it's available. Do yourself a favor and make her your wife. You see, it is confidence. It's an air. It is pride. It knows how to handle adversity. It takes things in stride. Now I'm talking about it. It cannot be inherited. Nor is it willed and it's not genetic. Just because your mother had it doesn't mean that it will grace you. I promise you, I've seen some ladies who thought they had it, Miss Miss Hughes, and they didn't have a clue. Now I'm still talking about it. It knows when to speak and Miss Hughes, it knows when not to say a word. It is like Don Perignon or Godiva chocolate, you see. It is preferred. It knows which fork to use. It frequents plays. It doesn't raise hell, Miss Hughes. It chooses to pray. You see, when she smiles, you see it. When she laughs, you hear it. When she tells you something, you believe it. When she hurts, you feel it. When she dances, you want to move with it. You see, a man wants to love it. He wants to hold it. He wants to cherish it. He wants to protect it. You see, every real man, he knows his life is incomplete. It's used without it. You see, for it, she is the prototype. It's like she doesn't walk, she glides, and around it is this light. Now, you can't find it in a special section of the store. You can't order it offline. And trust me, there'll be no articles about it from the press. But one thing for sure, it sure knows how to wear a sundress. It can't be defined by height, age, shape, color, size, or any of those things. It could be single, divorce, misuse. It might be wearing a ring. You see, it is all or none. You can't have just a little bit of it. It is classy, sophisticated, and elegant. You can tell by the way it stands or the way it sits. Now, how many ladies out there think you have it like Mrs. Hughes? Put your hands up. <laughs> well, put your hands down because it cannot be claimed. It is humble. It doesn't even know it has it. It is just that plain. Now, there's no class or seminar you could take for it, and you can't study it in a manual. It is not a membership-based club. You can't pledge for it. And there's no fees to be renewed annually. It is a lot of things. But Miss Hughes, it gives as much as it takes. For well, all that it is, one thing, you can't fake it. Wow, what an incredible piece. This is Rodney Perry. This is Rodney Perry Live. We on with Hank Stewart. Hank, let, let me bring my mom in because she's been okay. asking about you and it makes me kind of nervous. I, have, I ain't sure if I want Hank Stewart to be my stepdad. Uh, Mama, <laughs> you he old. is your new daddy. He oh, God. Daddy. I'm going to ask him to marry me. Ooh, I love uh, him. That man said wow. that for him to me uh, at your house one day, and I was just wet all over. Whoa, whoa, Mama, Mama, now. Uh, I really was. I love him. Because he no, catches the no, essence no, of a true woman. You don't love him. You love it. <laughs> no, I love him because he let, made let me go, realize some things. Let it go, Roger. Hey, baby. Go ahead. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. How you doing, sweetheart? I'm doing good. I was so clean today. I scared myself. 
Wow, I know it. I know you did. I know you because you were, I when I saw you, were absolutely beautiful. Wow. I stepped out in gold today, and I had all the heads turning rotten. You better watch wow. your mama. <laughs> hey, mama, you on with Hank Stewart, and I, and I know you you were so impressed with him as a poet. What was what was your take on, on Mr. Stewart? Just your at at, uh, at your first uh, meeting. Well, I noticed how dark skinned he was, with really white teeth. And I know that we do this color thing in our culture, and we hurt each other with who's what shade mm. or not. Mm. So I confronted him. I said, have you ever had problems or had a struggle because of how dark-skinned you are? He said, I do not ever know of a time that I worried about my color or something profound like that, he said. And I believed every word he said. It was so genuine. And so the it is in within him that he loves who he is as a gift from God. And I just, I was blessed by sharing with him that day. I love, I think I want to marry him. Wow. All right, Mama, you got to go, all right? I love you, Rodney, wow. my baby. I love you too, <laughs> darling. I I got to go type a paper. Kissy, kissy. All right, I love you. Call me. But you know, Rodney, she said, my mom just proposition hangs to it. I got to stop myself. I don't like it. Rodney, she just brought up a good point, though, dude. I just, I'm doing this weekend at the Fox, man, Saturday. Uh, I, uh, I got a call about doing something on the, on the radio last week because Bill, Do- Bill Dukes was in the studio, and he asked me to come out and do the poem Chocolate for Dark Girls. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing, man, that your mom just she just put everything into perspective in our community, bro. How we, you know, how we've separated ourselves, you know, by by skin tone, mm-hmm. you know. And um, man, it, you know, we got so much work to do in our community, man, because all of us are beautiful, you know. Um, so you know, it's, it's, she, she, it, I love it, your mom, man. It, it's it's awesome to hear that, but I mean, we we do have some baggage. I mean, you know, even even I as a a, a dark complected man, you know, and, and growing up, you know, this way, there were points in my life where, you know, I didn't necessarily not like my who I was, but I wasn't as comfortable as I am now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So to hear that Hank Stewart was never uncomfortable makes me even more comfortable, mm-hmm. if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Well, you know, uh, I remember this lady one day at church, bro. She came up to me, man. And she said, uh, "Hey, Hank, how you doing?" I said, "I'm doing fine. How are you?" And you know, we were not we, we were not close right now. I didn't know her that well, but I knew her. She says, "Where you been?" I said, well, "I've been traveling." You know, at the time I've been doing a little bit more traveling with five men on a stool and out in at different churches speaking and stuff like that. And so she says, well, "You know, I haven't seen you." And I said, "Well, I've been here." She says, "Well, you know, you're not that dark that I didn't see you." And before I knew it right now, I said, well, you know, don't get mad because Master spent more time in your cabin than he Mm-mm. did in mine. No, no than he, he did. did mine. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and it's interesting because it's like, okay, we should be embarrassed about being chocolate. No, we, we're the ones who, we're where it comes from. You should be embarrassed about being your, your skin tone, you know, wow. because we, we're the origin of it. You know what I'm saying? We're the origin, bruh. You know, we're where, we're, we're where it began. So why would we feel bad about how everybody else bit off of us. Exactly. Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Roddy Perry. This is Roddy Perry Live. You are listening to uh, poet extraordinaire, author, uh, Hank Stewart. Let's talk about Hank Stewart's author. Uh, okay. Scads of books, um, uh, The Morning After, 
Uh-huh. The Answer, Second mm-hmm. Chance, mm-hmm. Be Still, 3.57 a.m., Daydreaming, Stay Focused, Stay Focused. Uh, when you put pen to paper, is it a daunting task for you, or does it just kind of happen? Um you know what, my life is uh it just kinda happened. Now two of those books, the two novels, I've gotta give credit to uh Kendra Norma Bellamy who's a co author with me on that. Kendra did a lot of it and Kendra is one of Essence's best selling authors and so she and I collaborated off my titles uh and, and wrote a you know, and a, a complete story about it. So um the poetry is all original. I you know, I, I don't do anybody's poems with mine. It, you know, I let life you know, bro, it's amazing how life happens, man. And so what I do, man, is I just you know, inspiration is all around. When you wake up in the morning, right, and it is inspiration. Just the mere fact that you woke up is inspirational. You know, the mere fact that you can get up is another poem. You know, the mere fact that you can walk is another poem. You right. know, the mere fact that you can walk down some stairs or up some stairs is another poem. The mere fact that you can hear when somebody when the phone rings is another poem. Life is full of poetry, bro. It's full of poems. You know, I'm just not able to catch capture all of them, but, man, like, it's not daunting. It's not a daunting task. Okay. When I sit down and God gives me a piece, man, it flows like what I could tell you the ones that God gave me, the ones that I'm trying to write, the ones that God gave me, bro, I don't, I, it's almost like an out-of-body experience. I don't even remember completing it. The ones I try to write out, they're still on this computer. I'm still trying to get through that second line. <laughs> you know, so it's it's just amazing, man. I I can't take any credit for my my talent, man, and and then I can't take any credit for the success that I've experienced in my talent because you know it. People like Mitsa and Mo and Gwen and all the folk who are around me on my team make me look better, man. So when when you know when you came to White Linden, I don't even have the stuff that ha- took. You know, I'm not even say half. Ninety percent of the stuff that kept, took place, I didn't know in the hell was going on or it had happened. They took care of it for me, bro. So, you know, I can't take any credit for, for the work, man. I, You know, I, I just got good people around me. And I just choose not to be around people who ain't who got their brakes on, bro. Hey, 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 stay away from folks with their brakes on. That's, I might tweet that later on today. Mm-hmm. Emmy Award winning, Pro Max Award winning, Gabby Award winning, and you mm-hmm. just spoke about uh, good people, and Hank Stewart is good people. Uh, let's talk about White Linen, man. How did it all start? And for anybody that don't know, White Linen is the premier White Linen event in the world here in Atlanta every year, courtesy of Hank Stewart. Tell me how it all started, man. Ten years ago, I uh, I had just completed a CD. People were uh, asking for the poetry on, on CD, or they were asking for it on cassette at one point, and then they were asking for it on CD. So I just completed the 357 AM CD. And I wanted to do something that was kind of different. So I had uh, asked, you know, people to come, gave them a dress code, because, you know, I didn't want pants hanging off. I didn't want sneakers, athletic wear. I wanted it to be a classy event. So we went over to one of the oldest institutions in the city of Atlanta, the Atlanta Light Building. And, um, you know, and, and I, you know, Instead of charging folk to get in, I said the only the only cost to get in is to is to buy the CD. And so we put people in. Everybody was wearing. And I gave them a white linen a dress code, and everybody came. And we had about I was planning for about two hundred, maybe three hundred people. We ended up having about six hundred people doubled. And when they left, man, folk were asking, "Are you doing this again?" And there it was birthed white linen. So the next year, I, you know, we did it. We had a little bit more structure behind it, and you know, 
10 years later now we're celebrating, you know, and it was, and, and let me back up, Rodney. It was the, the 10th year of, uh, of my poetry had just happened. So the 3.57 a.m. CD came out 10 years after I started writing, which birthed White Linen. And so this year I celebrated my 2010, which was 20 years of poetry and 10 years for White Linen. So that's how it was given birth. Wow. Man, 2010, it's people that ain't, ain't done nothing 20 years. <laughs> yeah. So, right. so, so not only not only you've been doing that twenty years, but you also are a champion for uh, breast cancer. You talked about your your sister, and you you are spearheaded a uh, walk against the call, which mm-hmm. raised close to a hundred thousand dollars. Man, t- tell me about walk against the call, the walk walk against the call, and also you know talk to me about you know uh, that that disease and what we can do. Rodney, you know what, bro? I'm going to tell you right now, man, this is one of the best interviews I've ever had. And I'm going to tell you right now, bro, I've been interviewed all over the country. Let me just tell you, this is one of the absolute best. Let me just say that before I even jump on that. Um, so thank you, man, because you're hitting it all for me. So thank you for, for this, this interview again, bro. Thank you. Walk Against the Call happened was, it was uh, April the 16th. You know, I was working. I was Actually, at the time, I was um, doing some consulting work with the Rainbow Push. Jesse Jackson's office, and my sister called me one one Monday morning. It was a beautiful Monday morning. The sun was shining, birds were chirping. It was after a hard winter, and um and she called me, and I and immediately you know the voice was familiar, but the sound the was the sound was different. You know, I, I could hear something different, and she quietly said, "I got breast cancer." Well, for me, bro, that was a uh, call of death. You know, I, I automatically associated it with death. That was back in, you know, 1990, I mean, 2001. I automatically associated it with death. And when she told me that, I just remember, man, that was the worst one of, one of I think it was the worst phone call I ever received in my life. And so walk against the call came from nobody should have to get that call. We were walking against calls like that. You know, everybody has either made that call or received that call. Everybody knows somebody who's gotten that call. And so we were walking against it, and, and that's where it was given birth. And Sisters by Choice, Dr. Rosbert Phillips, who was one of the first African-American, uh, the only African-American female um, doctors who uh, performed breast cancer, uh, has an uh, organization called you know, Sisters by Choice, and we wanted to support them. So we gave every single dime. When we took the money to them, we were taking it to them in quarters, nickels, dimes, pennies, dollars, 20s, 50s, 100s, and, a che- and checks. So they got every dime. So we didn't take any of that money. You know how people operate on money. They say money's going to a cause, and they operate it by the time you get to the cause. Only 20% of the money is in the cause, you know, on the high overhead. Yeah, that was not our true. deal. Yeah. Our deal was this money was going to get to the people who needed, mam- the women who needed mammograms and who needed um, money to get to the doctor because they had they had their uh, chemos today, and they didn't have anybody to take them. You know, I, I saw all of that with my sister, bro. Fortunately, we had family members in in our family who could take my sister to get chemo and to wait with her and stay at the house with her. But some people don't have that type of support system in place. And so, you know, we were able to put all of that together, bro. And I'm I'm telling you, I am so much better. Even when my sister's passed, I'm so much better in this in this cause, man. And we can continue to go out there and support people. I mean, you you never know sometimes just going to somebody's house who's just had chemo and helping them cleaning up, man, because they're strung up. Some people, everybody handles it different. Some people, they take chemo and they can drive themselves home. Some people can't get up for two days, bro. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so if you know anybody who's going through that, and just be supportive. Sometimes they don't want to talk about it. They just want to talk. Oh, they don't want to say nothing. I remember my yeah. sister was going through it. You know, and I apologize for dominating this conversation on this. No, 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 no. This is very important, and people need yeah. to hear it. So, yeah, yeah, I remember. You know, there were times that we would just get in the car and ride. We didn't say a word for thirty minutes. You know, she just looking out in in the, in the you know looking out in the in the you know in the, in the skies and and the, the trees and we you know and so you know but she just wanted to walk. She wanted to ride. She wanted to get out. You know, she wanted to get away from it. And sometimes, you you know, I would tell jokes to her. You know, that's why you would have been perfect around her because, you know, she liked to laugh. And so, you know, when, when you when you identify people who are going through it, not just breast cancer, anything, you know, be sensitive towards towards those. And I think the real problem is, bro, we're not as active as we need to be in our community. Uh, we We all need to find out what our – we all need to find out what our purpose in life is. Miles Monroe once said, the greatest tragedy in life is not death, but the greatest tragedy in life is to be given life and not know why you're living. You wow. Know? And there's a whole lot of people, bro, who are walking around aimlessly, and they have never plugged into to their, to their purpose. You know, so we got to find out what that is. And, and, and you know, you know my mentee, uh, Dichotomy. I got mm-hmm. a couple of them, Dichotomy, Kevin Rowe. Uh, you know, I got a bunch of them. I just spoke at a school last week where I picked up 20 new young men as mentees, man. Uh, we just got to plug into the things that are important in our community. Hey, y'all, this is Rodney Perry, uh, Rodney Perry Live. You're listening to Hank Stewart. His website, HankStewart.com. He's on Twitter. He's at Hank Stewart, and his Facebook is Hank Dash Stewart. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I'm just so floored by this guy. And and not 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 only, uh, and, and I think you just really kind of alluded to my next uh, line that I wanted to cover, is is you uh, giving back personally to people. You do poetry workshops. You are a member of civil rights organizations. You uh, participate in Martin Luther King teach-ins for the last five years, and you mentor young poets. Uh, before we go any further, I got a couple of your mentees on the line. I know you didn't know this. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, he just mentioned a man name, and this dude is quickly becoming one of my favorite poets. Show some love as I bring him on the line. Dichotomy. What's up, Dichotomy? Nothing much. How you doing, Rodney? How you doing, Hank? What's going on, boy? <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's I, I love that. Now, 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 Hank, you just hold tight for a second. I want to talk to Dichotomy. Okay. And uh, and first of all, one, I want to thank Dichotomy. I was in Nashville. Dichotomy showed up at the show, and I was floored that he had came out. You know, and he, and he didn't hit me up for a ticket. He bought a ticket and came in to see me live. So thank you for that. And Speak to me about what it's like having Hank Stewart as your mentor. Um, it, it's uh, it, it's really kind of hard to describe. I, I think one of the things that kind of occurs as we get older, uh, we kind of think that we are adults or, or grown men with regards to that perspective. So we kind of think that we know everything. Um, and I think that one of the, the things when I asked Hank to be my mentor, I had no idea um, the effect that it was going to have on me, not just as a as a poet, but as a person and, and as a man. Like, you know, he strived to have me give back more to the community. I have mentees myself as a result of kind of working with him. He kind of opened 
my eyes to a lot of things that I wasn't aware of and a lot of change that we can make, not just as poets, but as men, you know, getting more involved in our communities, in the political process, you know, all of those things. So, you know, I I think for me um, it's been an overwhelming experience because I have had opportunities that, you know, I I couldn't even be able to fathom. I mean, sharing the stage with you at at White Linen, you know, if you'd have told me I'd have been doing that one or two years ago, I never would have thought about it. But, you know, going, we we do things for a a Gilgal, which is a a shelter here in Atlanta that we do um, work for. So it's just, you know, all of those things, all those different experiences, it's really kind of helped me grow, like I said, as an individual, as a man, and I I, I owe a lot of that to, to Hank Stewart. Hey, hey, you guys, you listening to uh, Rodney Perry. It's Rodney Perry Live, my man Dichotomy, breaking it down about about Hank Stewart, the man, the myth, the legend. And I do got a quick correction. It is HankStewart.net, HankStewart.net. And, uh, you know, you got to get get a man website right, you understand. Now, Dichotomy, give me this, because I, I asked Hank, and I, I think Hank was holding back. What's silly, <laughs> what's silly Hank like? Oh man, you know Hank has this this kind of aura about him. You know, if you, whenever you see Hank out, I think I've been you know kind of um, interacting with Hank for a little over two years now. And every time you see him, you know he's always dressed to the nine, always got the nice crispy shirt on and the shoes. And you know, so clearly, you know he's he's very professional when it comes to those interactions. But when you get him, you know, behind the scenes, he he's just like you know hanging out with one of the boys. He's making jokes and cracking jokes and and you know just just. Um, all around a, a good guy, so it's not a front, you know, by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, he will, will you know, talk about poetry and do all of those things, but he also kind of talks about the other side of life. It's not, you know, definitely always busy. We've had some, some very, you know, personal conversations where we just talk about kind of life and everything associated with it and kind of bringing that different, you know, older gentleman's perspective, you know, not, mm-hmm. not you know, not the like, elder per se. He hit you with the grown man. Right, exactly, exactly. And, and, and Hank, as you choose a mentee, is everybody fair game, or is there a process in your mind that you kind of go in, or you or you take people on or not? What's your process in, in reference to that? Um, I mean, the, you're right, Rodney. There's no process, bro. I mean, I, you just feel what God what God leads you to do, man. I mean, and let me let me let me back up. First of all, I have a son, Austin O'Connell Stewart. So th- that's my first priority, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I've got I've got to take care of my son, you know yeah. that. Because we're that gonna is, mentor him first, blood. Right. That's that's done. That's that's done, and then everything else is you know is go. But um, when you go back and look at, you know, mentor, and and I was going to go in a different direction. You know, mentor is a is a scary word right now, uh, Rodney and dichotomy. It's a scary word because mentor uh, and mentee. Has fallen in that abuse, that sexual abuse category. It's, a, mm. it's always a, it's always scary when I say dichotomy is my men, mentee, because when you look at what just happened at Penn State or mm-hmm. Bishop Long or whatever, people you know, are those, abusing those, that that, right, that exactly position. Right. Those words were meant, were used. You know what I'm saying? We have a mentorship program. We have a leadership program. We have a da-da-da program. You know what I'm saying? And and, and so it's always like when I mentioned dichotomy, since some of these, these those latest occurrences have happened, it's frightening because you don't want anybody to think that there's anything other than there's true friendship and growth there. You, you with me, Rodney? Got it's it. a scary. It's a, that word never was this scary ten years ago. You said that people were happy to be called "I'm his mentee," "I'm right. his mentor." Now you, we almost damn need to bring up a, make up a new word for it because that word has been abused so bad in the last 
18 months. Yeah, you very know? true. But, 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 you know, for me, man, there's no process, bro. We, you know, every category that we should be at the top in right and we're at the bottom. Everyone we should be at the bottom and we're at the top. You know, in, in the state of Georgia, we make up 30, black folks make up almost 30% of the population, but we make up 70, 60 to 70% of the incarcerated in most prisons. You know, I mean, there's so many situations, man, that we, you know, and let me just say this right now. It, it, no other nationality, no other nationality would allow the things that's happening in their community to happen without there be some major outrage. If mm-hmm. if, if if 70% of white men were in jail right now, there'd be all kind of fund, funding and and grants and things thrown towards how do we save white men, you right. know, or Asian or Jewish. We are the only nationality. We ain't mad enough, bro. We should be mad about how, you know, our kids are not graduating. Spelman, I mean, not Spelman, Clark Atlanta this year had almost 90% of his enrollment with female. 90% of their enrollment with female. Uh, unacceptable. Right. Unacceptable. Exactly. If they do that three more years, Clark, Clark Atlanta is an unofficial Spelman. Right, and you know, then you know, and then the, the real question you got to ask is who do these women go out marry. and and mate? Exactly who, right. Who do they? Exactly who, right. they who, who are their? Who are, who is they? They talent pool to 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 uh to procreate to have children with? Exactly right. Because you don't want you, you wouldn't want your daughter to go out and find no buster who have been in, been through this, who's made a living. You know he going through the system. You know, and so let's be let's be clear. The system incarcerates a lot of innocent black men. We know Very that. True. We know we know that crack cocaine gets a hard, uh, a milder sentence than a harsher sentence than cocaine. You yeah. know that. We know that there's some things going. We know that that's it. That's this system is designed for us. We know that. Let's be honest about that. But we ain't got to continue to put ourselves in in, in you know in in play. You know, so we we've got to be upset about some stuff, man. And, and you know, and that's those are the conversations that dichotomy and I. I told you a few minutes ago that I, you know, I, I woke up early in the morning, and looked at, uh, sing my song, you know, with uh, Harry Belafonte. Mm-hmm. At that very moment, I, t- I I texted dichotomy. It was about five o'clock in the morning. So you need to check this out, you know, because if you if you look at Harry Belafonte in that movie, bro, you will walk away thinking, wow, you would understand that he funded a lot of the action and 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 dollars for the civil rights movement. Yeah. You see how he sat down with the Crips and Bloods and talked about you sit down, you'll see all the things he did at the White House and I mean and, and in the outhouse. You know, all these things. When you get an opportunity to sit down and talk to a Dr. Lowry or Jesse Jackson or Ms. Anola Clayton, you know, bruh, it you walk away thinking, I haven't done anything and that's the that's the beauty. I don't if you're the smartest person in your group all the time Get out that group. With some, you need to get out that group. <laughs> you need hey, to get out that group. This is Rodney Perry. You listening to Hank Stewart, man? I, I love, I love when you really start dropping signs. I got, I got one more uh, beautiful human being to bring on the line. Uh, Journey, you on with uh, Hank Stewart? What's up? Hi, how are you? Now, now it's a lot of male energy on this phone, which is it's a good thing. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Because it's the right male energy, good good yes, news. But we can't we can't do it without woman. Uh, I played it a little earlier, but I want your perspective, Journey, on Hank Stewart and and how his influence has affected your journey. Wow, um, I was just telling Hank that you couldn't have told me a year ago that I would have performed for Joseph E. Lowry, Monica Kaufman, Jesse Jackson. He has opened doors for me that I never would have thought was possible. But not only that, um, Hank is a friend. I can call him anytime, day and night, and he will always get back with me and 
um, give me a positive outlook on whatever my issue may be. Um, I look to Hank as um, not only as a poet, but as a father figure as well. Wow. Wow. Hey, Hank, are you okay with this grown woman saying you're her father? Yeah, well, I was, think, I was thinking, I'm not, I don't think I'm that old. I mean, I'm, you know, that much older. He's older than I am, so I I'm can older look than up to him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm sure that's a compliment, though, right, Journey? Yeah, the fact that you consider him that way. Yeah. Big brother figure, how about that? Yeah, that's better. You feel better with that? Okay. All right. We're good with that. Yeah, because, I, I, you know, that first dichotomy said it, you know, you got this old school brother <laughs> and you're really bringing it. And I'm like, Hank, Hank ain't that much older than me. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rodney. Thanks for jumping in on that one. I had you. I had you. Hey, well, I, I tell hey, you what, the ladies yeah. do not look, see Hank as an old man at all. Now, that, now there we go, Journey. Take me there. That, that, that nobody sure. talks about this. I this was. Let me tell y'all. This Hank my, is this, a set symbol. I'm telling you. This is my theory. <laughs> tell me what you think, Journey. First of all, <laughs> poets use their words for evil sometimes. You understand me? And <laughs> I know this. And I see Rick, I see Hank with his fly suits on. And then he <laughs> he done, he just it has spilled over the dichotomy. He got he he got the, the, the fly jackets on and the, the <laughs> pointed toe boots and, and so th- how many women how many poetry groupies are there? That's the question. Oh my goodness, <laughs> are you serious? That's like a loaded question. Dichotomy has groupies that follow him from show to show. No, they don't. And Hank, yes, they do. And Hank Stewart, you should hear the comments. I'm embarrassed when I met his shows. The things that they say about him, it's ridiculous. Are you see, you Hank know what is, I tell yes. people? Women are nastier than dudes. Like, a man is <laughs> a man is a little respectful. A woman? Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, we were just at the Hot Chocolate Affair, and um, Hank had a private show for a certain amount of guests, and um, it was very, it was very uh, intimate. And the women in there, when he started doing it and chocolate, and I was like, okay, you're talking about my big brother here. No, I don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear it? No, I don't want to hear that. That's my daddy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my, that's my uncle daddy. That's what I call him. <laughs> uncle daddy. What, what's that? What's that like, Hank? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure you know you, you you probably you know had women your whole life. I'm sure this is not nothing new to this. But what about the people that just want to be around Hank Stewart, the poet slash author slash everything else? You know, the, to be honest with you, Rodney, um, it. it in my in my mind, bro, and, and I and I and I hope you hear me with this, and I hope you hear me with with your heart on this one. I don't even think about that, Rodney. Mm-hmm. It, it's easy because I, I've been around so many folk who, once people get to meet them, they don't like them. Mm. You know, I, I've been around. You know, I, I I've been on program with 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 national names. And when you meet them, you're like, wow. I remember one 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 artist after we performed with him, five and on the stool, and he was so, you know, cocky and arrogant and, and really, dude, I remember getting back in my car and throwing his CD out the window. Because I, I remember, and backed up, backed up, threw it out and backed up. Because, you know, because what you, what you, it, 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 you have to be real careful because people have this this image of who you are, and you need to be as close to that image of who they want you to be. 
You know what I'm saying? Very true. And, and, and so for me, I try very hard, Rodney. And people don't believe me when I say this, but I really try really, really hard. I don't believe the hype. Because I think, man, this this world builds you up to tear you down. I, I've seen folk, you know, you can look at Tiger Woods, greatest thing since sliced bread. And when he, you know, when all that stuff came out, they threw him under the bus. You know, or you look at, you know, everybody, man. So I, you know, I don't, I try not to get too high or too low about any of this stuff, man. Because at the end of the day, man, I just want to keep my eye on the prize. So I don't think about what Journey's saying or what Dichotomy's saying. I just want to make sure I'm doing my part. You know, I want to make sure that my bills are paid on time, my son is taken care of, you know, that I, I leave an impact. You know, bro, we're into that. I, I had some kids last week. I said, you know, what's the most important part of this tombstone? I pulled a $50 bill out and put, gave it to one of the kids. I said, if somebody gets this answer, you give them this $50. And the question, and they, you know, they, they, none of them could understand that it was not the, the date that you were born or the date that you died. It was that dash in the middle. We're in the dash in our lives right now, Rodney. And I'm just trying to make sure my dash is productive. That's 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 all it is, and so to, to start meeting the hype and getting all hyped about all the other stuff, you you take your eyes off the prize, and the prize is working that dash. That's the truth, bro. I, I really really mean that. I wake up, you know, asking God, how can I be productive today? That that's my that's my goal. Well I'm said. Kidding, I, that might not be the sex the sexist answer, but it's the true answer. Hey, 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 you know what? What I say at the top of the show. All I want is consistency. Mm-hmm. Hank Stewart, extremely, super-duper consistent. This is Rodney Perry. You're listening to Rodney Perry Live. My guest today, Mr. Hank Stewart, uh, thank you to Journey. Thank you to Dichotomy for calling in. Really appreciate y'all. You can't talk to Hank Stewart without without playing this poem, man. Um, this poem uh, is, a, is about breast cancer, was inspired by breast cancer. Can you intro the poems? Survivor. Yeah, Survivor is a piece, man. Like like I said earlier, it was a piece that was written, and it was a, just a, a, a very interesting day, man. It was probably – I don't usually have bad days, and I tell people this. I, you know, I, I really don't. But that was probably the worst day of my life is when my sister told me she had breast cancer. And then, you know, the more I started talking to people and, and recognizing, there were people I didn't know that were breast cancer survivors. There were people who I didn't know that their family members had trans- transitioned. So Michael L., a very good friend of mine and business partner, we decided we wanted to do something that would outlive us, and that's what I try to do. I try to write poetry that's not seasonal, Rob, right, that that's not going to, you know, I don't use a whole lot of slang and all that. I want pieces. I want to because it's a ribbon in the sky by Stephen Wonder. It's, going, it's still being played at weddings. How long, How old is that piece? You know. And so I try to write things. My mentor is calling me right now, Doctor Doctor Thomas Nathan Todd out of Chicago. But I try to write things. You know that that's consistent. And and breast cancer. This breast cancer piece uh, we had to write, and we knew that it would probably outlive us because. Even if they find a cure for breast cancer today, there are people who transition, and we're going to have to remember them. So this piece is a, a piece that Michael L. and I wrote. I wrote the words. He put the music and added the hook to it. And it's probably slowly but surely becoming one of my absolute favorite pieces in the whole wide world, Survivor. This tribute is to all of the women that survived breast cancer. And it's to those who had to make their transition. This morning I can smell the flowers
This morning I can smell the flowers. This morning I can hear the birds sing. This morning I can feel the sun. This morning I have a new appreciation for the rain. This morning I feel the cool breeze blowing. Did you allow me to reflect last night? I saw the moon going. This morning I saw some children playing and climbing trees or were they playing hot sauce or hiding those things. This morning I have a new renewed value for life. This morning I'm here because I want so this morning, I live for her. You know the sisters that didn't survive? She now lives life through my I live to fulfill her dream. To have massages and rest by the flowing stream. I live with her passion. I live with all of her zest because of her. I live life to the very best. I'm a survivor. Journey at Journey Portis. 
Uh, that's at J-O-U-R-N-E-E-P-O-E-T-E-S-S, at Journey Portis. Uh, thank you both for calling in. I really appreciate both y'all journey. Thank thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. And, and uh, Dichotomy Man, thank you as well. Uh, you guys are awesome. Uh, journey, what you got coming up? What can we look for you? Uh, tonight, I'll be at Cafe 290 off of Hildebrand here in Atlanta. Be opening up for Comedian Too Cute. Um, and then Friday, I'll be at the Flat Shows Community Center for Verbal Elations. So those are my two shows I have coming up. Lo- love it, love it. Uh, Dichotomy, what, what, can I, what can I check you out, dog? What's your website? Okay, the uh, the website is the uh, same as uh, Twitter, uh, so it's mydichotomy.com, uh, so you can uh, definitely um, check out the website there. I've got the, the three CDs out that are available uh, on the site, and I will be with uh, Journey featuring at Verbal, e- Verbal Elations on uh, next Friday, November the 17th as well. Love it, love it. Hey, man, thank you guys both for uh, popping on to talk about your, your mentor, talk about uh, your uh, uncle daddy. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Hank Stewart, uh, you know, you might be Journey Uncle Daddy, but, you know, my mama's so taken by you, you might be my real daddy soon. So <laughs> this going to be crazy. <laughs> and, and you know what? I would welcome that because you're an awesome gentleman, an awesome human being. I want to thank you. I can't thank you enough for coming on my show. Uh, one of the things when I when I set out to do this show, I wanted to showcase people that people knew but they hadn't really met all the way, and I wanted to have that conversation that maybe other people didn't have, and I think we had a great conversation today. Uh, no, we had a, bro, this is, let me tell you, man, this is probably one of, and I just kept texting me saying this has got to be one of the best interviews I've ever had, bro. I, I don't think I've, usually the, my interviews are more controlled, more focused on one area. Bro, this hit it all, and I really, really appreciate you, you know, like I said, I was early for this interview because uh, it's, it's, it's what I wanted to do, bro, you know, it's what I wanted to do, so thank you. Thank you no, no, thank you, Hank Stewart. You dropped so many jewels on us today. Uh, uh, we are the change that we are looking for. Make sure my dash is productive. He shares so many great words with us. I want to share with y'all before you leave. Be like Hank Stewart. Be a blessing to other people. Be a blessing to people that you know. Be a blessing to people you don't know. Be a blessing. And if you're a blessing... Can't nothing else stand in your way. My name is Rodney Perry. This is Rodney Perry Live. Y'all stay blessed. That's our show for the day.